Hello everyone and welcome to the Arte Anglais podcast, the podcast where we talk about art, culture and society to help you learn English naturally. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Arte Anglais podcast for our fourth episode. I'm your host Tara and I'm an Australian and currently living in the south of France in Montpellier. I'm a teacher and an art teacher who is extremely passionate about teaching English as a second language and art together. So sometimes I teach just English to teenagers and adults. But sometimes I teach children English by doing art. And I'm a strong believer in the power of learning by doing and learning things that are interesting and relevant to you. I'm also a bit of an artist myself. I love doing illustrations and urban sketches. And I love to talk about art and my experiences of doing art. I've spent the last few weeks preparing this next podcast. So I'm glad I can finally share my ideas with you. So if this is your first time listening, welcome to the podcast. This is a podcast for intermediate English learners who might also have an interest in art. So in these podcasts, I talk about things that interest me the most. And as an artist and a teacher, I have a lot of interest and I'm most passionate about teaching and helping people. In my opinion, learning a language takes time, and I've been learning French now for, well, a little more than eight months. So I've been learning pretty slowly, but that's okay because learning a language is not a marathon. So in order to stay motivated, I believe what you have to do is you need to listen to things that interest you the most. So the best thing for me that I started doing was with my French learning was I started listening to things that interest me. So now a lot of the resources I use in French are about art. And this makes me really motivated to learn because I want to find out the words that are useful and practical for me in the way that I work. So I always have plenty to talk about with my French teacher each week. And that's another piece of advice that I would recommend. If you're learning English, it's important to practice, practice, and practice. And I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, but practicing is the only way you're going to learn a language. It's really easy to find a, a teacher. You can find a teacher on italki or you can use conversation exchange. So... As I mentioned in the first episode, I've started to become more motivated to learn French when I found the podcast called Inner French. And Hugo, who's the host of Inner French, believes that the best way to learn a language is to spend as much time as possible just listening. And sometimes when I'm practicing my French, what I notice is I'll suddenly remember something from the podcast. I'll suddenly remember a phrase from the podcast and I actually can't believe how much I remember. It's a little bit like magic actually. So 
From listening to the podcast, I've already started to notice a huge difference in my comprehension. So I don't always understand everything on Hugo's podcast and and in other things that I'm listening to or when I'm talking to people, but I'm starting to understand the main parts that they describe. And it doesn't really matter that I can't understand everything because I can kind of read the transcript to help me when I'm listening to Hugo. And this is also the same if you're listening to this podcast. If you don't understand everything I say, that's okay, because you can use the transcript to help you. So in my podcast, just like on Inner French, listening to the podcast helps to give you an example of how I might use intonation, such as in the question, are you having a good day? And it really helps you to learn and to hear how certain words are pronounced or where I might put pauses in a sentence. And all these things in a, in a way of learning language are just as important as learning new vocabulary. So you can always use the podcast for imitation. So imitation means you can copy what someone says. So you can copy saying some of the sentences that I've used and you can adapt them for yourself. So for example, remember when I told you how long I've been learning French for? Well, you could use the same sentence to practice telling someone how long you've been learning English for, for example. So in the podcast, I try to use language that is useful, it's simple to follow, and you can use it too by adapting it to make it relevant to you. For example, today, I will use language that will describe how to express an opinion about something. So I'll use it to describe what other people have said about the topic for today, what makes something art. So being able to describe what you think about something is an important part of learning a language. So often expressing an opinion will also be part of a speaking exam. So the examiner or the person asking the questions might ask you what you think about a certain topic. For example, they might ask you to explain uh, why you think breakfast is the most important meal of the day or something like that. But you might respond by saying, well, I believe breakfast is the most important meal of the day for two reasons. Firstly, I think it gives you the energy to start the day. And secondly, it stops you from being hungry. I love eating toast for breakfast or something like that. So it's good to get your thoughts in order. So back for the topic for today. What makes something art? Now this was inspired, this podcast was inspired by my recent trip to Berlin because I went on a street art tour. So it was a good time to ask the tour guide of my tour a question. So when I asked the tour guide, what do you think art is? He said to me that, well, art can be anything you want it to be. And for me, I really loved his simple answer. And so that's why I wanted to talk more about what he said today in this episode. He used a really great example of a story to explain how art can mean anything or anything can be art. So he also explained to the group in the street art tour that sometimes people like to decide what the meaning of an artwork is. Like 
they will make it up, which means they invent their own story. And he gave an example by using jelly beans. So firstly, he asked this boy that was on the tour, what is your favorite candy? Just a note too, that he was American. And so they call a sugar treat in America a uh, candy. And in Australia, we actually call these sugar lollies, we call them lollies. And in England, they call them sweets. So I know it's pretty confusing when we have all these different places calling them different things. Anyway, back to the story. The So he asked the young boy on the tour, what is your favorite candy? And then the tour guide explained and made up a story how sometimes people like to invent their own stories about what a piece of art means. So he said to the young boy who likes jelly beans that he decided that this boy is going to stick the jelly beans on the wall for absolutely no reason. He just does this because he likes jelly beans. And then the next day, someone walks past the jelly beans on the wall and they stop and they wonder, well, what does this mean exactly? The passerby then takes a photo and puts it on Instagram. And then suddenly it goes viral, which means it blows up on Instagram. Everyone likes it and they're sharing it and they're asking, what on earth is this picture? What is this art? What is this new artist doing? So everyone starts sharing the picture, commenting, and then making up their own stories about what it means. So I believe this is something that happens too often. And it's interesting that the meaning of the artwork is not what the boy ever intended it to mean. And it's a good little story or an analogy that explains how the meaning of art can change depending on the viewer. So I think it also says a lot about how Instagram can sometimes falsely represent art. So how many likes a picture gets is also not a true reflection of how good someone's artwork is. And in my opinion, Sometimes how popular a picture is on Instagram is a reflection of just being in the right place at the right time and possibly posting the picture at the right time as well. So I thought for a long time about how I would answer this question, what makes something art? I also wondered how, how would I make it long enough for an episode? Then I thought to myself that, well, because this question is so difficult to answer on my own, what makes something art is a very subjective question, which means there's no right or wrong answer. So how you feel about this question, for example, will also depend on where you're from and your life experiences. So what I believe is art, having come from Australia, is going to be different to what somebody who comes from England thinks about art. So I asked a lot of people what they thought. I put this question to a lot of people and I got some excellent answers. So generally, many people answered by saying that it's a controversial topic. So Happy Bicycle from Portugal commented on an Instagram post by saying this. Sometimes I stop and wonder that myself. Is that art? Very often I see pieces that are tagged as art and they don't really move me or make me feel anything, or make me think anything about them. But for many others, it might be art. There's not really any right or wrong. 
there are only personal tastes. So I also posted this question to people on Instagram and some of my friends and family who were very interested in the topic. Uh, Yes, in English, we often say I put this question to someone, which is when it's not a simple question. So when you say I put this question to someone, it kind of requires a longer answer than just yes or no. So I might say to you, I put this question to you. And what do you think makes something art? And that means I'm expecting an answer with more of an explanation than just, I think art is art. So I put this question to some teachers from Australia to ask their art students what they thought, what they thought made something art. So I'm going to share with you some of these answers and some of the interesting things that I found out. So one teacher also told me She would ask her art class what they thought, but I'm still waiting for the response. So you will have to wait till next time for me to tell you what they said. So before I'm going to share with you what I believe makes something art, I've structured this podcast to talk about four different things that could make something art. So one, creative expression, the process of making art, skills, and meaning. So creative expression. The way I see it is that what makes something art is, well, different for everyone. As we've said, art is about creativity. I believe that art is something that allows you to express how you feel and when you make something that you believe is art. It's art because you are showing someone a part of yourself, how you feel. So personally speaking, When I do my illustrations and urban sketches, I want to draw it in a way that is unique to me. I want to use my imagination to, well, represent it in a way that's different from real life. I don't want to draw it in a way that looks realistic or like a photo. I want to draw it how I see it as an artist. And sometimes that means for me, drawing things in a simpler way or using colors that are not really there. Very often when I'm trying to find a place to draw, when I'm sketching, I like to find places to draw that might be a bit different. However, I know I can show them in an interesting way. So sometimes I also like to draw things or scenes that someone else might not necessarily think are beautiful. But sometimes a certain place has a memory for me and I want to capture that memory in my drawing. So I want to capture the emotion and represent them in my drawings. So I asked Liana on Instagram what she thought made something art and she responded with something really interesting as well. So she said that art is simply an expression of the creative imagination of the soul in a form of physical creation such as music, painting, poem, or architecture. So art, according to Liana, is the core, the heart of the soul and is creative expression. An art teacher from Australia also agreed with Liana and had a very similar response when I asked her about what makes something art. So she said, art for me is an expression of my innermost being, thoughts that cannot be put into words. I find the most pleasure in the process, 
not the end product or the final piece. And this is a common theme that I see when people talk about art. It's not about the final product, it's about the process. And personally, I couldn't agree more. So the process of making art is also what makes something art. For me, I believe that something I have drawn is art when I was completely calm and relaxed doing it. So this might be the complete opposite for someone else. Maybe they feel angry when they make art. When I'm sketching, I always feel like I'm in a world of my own and most of the time, I think I'm happy. And this means I'm completely focused on what I'm doing and I don't really notice much about what's going on around me. So psychologists refer to this as being in a state of flow. And I want to briefly discuss this as I think it helps to show that the process of making art can be just as important. In fact, it's probably the most important part of making art. So the process of making art and the state of flow, there are lots of resources that you can find about being in a state of flow if you're interested. And I suggest you Google state of flow and it's by somebody called Mihai Chexent Mihai. And it's a very difficult name to pronounce, but I've put the uh, pronunciation, the phonetic pronunciation in the show notes so you can have a go at pronouncing his name. And he found, so Mihai found that when you are in a state of flow, there are eight different factors. So one, you are completely concentrating on the task. Two, you understand your goals and the rewards. Three, you feel like time is being transformed when you're engaged in the task. So for example, time is speeding up or slowing down. Four, the experience is rewarding. And I absolutely feel this when I'm doing my urban sketching, I'm always feeling like I'm working towards something and I'm feeling calm. Number five is that you're able to perform the task with ease. So it comes very naturally to you. Number six is there is a balance between challenge and also being able to use your skills effectively. So when I'm urban sketching, for example, I always try to pick a place that's a little bit different to places that I've, I've done before because I really want to challenge myself and do something different. Number seven is you stop thinking too deeply. For example, you're so busy doing the task that you don't really think too much. And eight, you feel like you have control of what you're doing and you know what you're doing. So you might experience any of these things on their own or however, it's only called a state of flow when all of them are happening at the same time. Someone else on Instagram, so Art by Steve, made a great comment to the question, what makes something art? So he said, I have no idea really. I prefer to do the doing, the art, and let others do the thinking. And he also said that there is so much imagery and creative work around now that it's absolutely impossible to make a rational distinction between art and what is not art. And I couldn't agree more, actually, because things like Instagram make it so easy to share images. 
So really, I think what Steve is trying to say is just make art and don't think too hard about it if it's not. And I would say the same thing, just make it. And if it means something to you, then that's what's important. What do you think? Do you agree with me? The third part that I wanted to talk about is skills. The third factor as to what makes something art is skills. The question is sometimes, do you have to show amazing skills for something to be art? Well, I think art can be an idea or a concept which is expressed in, in a designed object through a medium such as paint, photographic imagery, stone, building materials or words, movement or sound. And I think there's so many different ways that you can think about something as being art. So this means that artists have skills which have been developed over time to create something. However, art doesn't always need to be about showing off amazing skills that are extremely refined, for example. So you may have never done art in your life, then all of a sudden you decide one day to draw a picture. And that can be art too, because you're using and developing your skills. But maybe sometimes the artist wants to do work that can help us see the world differently. So take Picasso, for example. This guy had some really amazing skills and could paint realistic figures in perfect proportion. But he chose to paint in the Cubist style. So that's a style that many people might think is not very beautiful. Sometimes very skilled artists can produce art that we think we could have done ourselves. So one teacher reminded me of Malevich's Black Square. And if you don't know this piece of art, I suggest you have a look at the picture in the show notes. Basically what it is, it's a canvas and it's painted black. And yes, it's just a canvas and it's painted black. So the Tate Gallery in London exhibited this painting and some of the other work uh, of Malevich in 2014. And he painted a simple black canvas. It was a simple shape and a single colour. So Malevich in his painting, removed all the things that art had always been about, such as animals, people, food, and landscapes. And that was why it was so radical at the time. And radical means it was a bit of a shock to everyone when they first saw it. So Black Square, the painting, became one of the most important works of modern art. And if you were to look at it now, you wouldn't understand why. It was so special that this painting was revealed to the world after months of secrecy, and then it was hidden again for almost 50 years. So the teacher that shared this painting with me told me what she thought about Malevich's Black Square. And she said this, I remember once I was so annoyed by this square, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I didn't like that a black square could be art. Then I realized it made me feel things, anger. So I really enjoyed that realization. So I guess what she was trying to say is that something is art if it makes you feel something. And I believe she's absolutely right. Have a look at the picture of Malevich's Black Square and tell me what do you think about Malevich's Black Square? 
What do you like about it? And what don't you like about it? So another art teacher said something very interesting. She said, I always say to my senior students, so her students in her final year, art is useless stuff, meaning non-functional. For example, the difference between a sculpture and a functional object such as furniture. And actually, when she told me that, I didn't really agree. I didn't entirely agree with that comment. I believe that even a bicycle, which is a functional object, can be a beautiful work of art. Another teacher agreed with me when she commented on the post and said that art can still be something functional. She mentioned architecture as an example, and she said, no one can deny that a Gaudi building is art, and the metro entrances in Paris come to mind as examples of functional pieces of art. Art takes us beyond literal words, into feelings and a deeper understanding of the world, what it is to be human. It can make us feel awe, it can, make, it can shock us, because it's revolting or beautiful. And another teacher said this to me, maybe it's original thought or maybe the approach. The design is totally original. The marrying of materials, which basically means the, the bringing of materials together, and the idea to produce an experience or a critique of something in the world. Think of a cathedral, which is made of stone. For example, Notre Dame. When you walk into it, you don't see a series of rocks stacked onto each other. What you feel is you're lifted up into this spiritual majestic place. Or another example, a whale, a sculpture of a whale made from plastic bags. From a distance, it might glisten and look beautiful. But as you approach it, you are shocked and have this feeling of dread and urgency. So the artist draws you in and then hits you with their powerful message. That's art. Another teacher told me to do a search on Terry Barrett and Arthur Danto, who are both famous art critics, and they have a number of different ideas about what makes something art. So Terry Barrett, the first art critic, believes that artworks are always about something. There can be a range of interpretations of the artwork, Meanings of the artwork are not limited to what the artist intended them to mean. So in other words, just like in the jelly bean story from before, we might think something completely differently to what the artist originally thought. And I see this all the time on Instagram when people try to explain what the artist meant by a certain piece of art, but the artist doesn't necessarily agree or that the artist doesn't understand why people are having this thought or these ideas about their artwork. So Arthur Danto, the second art critic, believes that art shows a point of view and that the work and interpretation require an art historical context. For, ex for example, it's important to know that what is happening at the time the artwork was made because the message is connected to this time in history. So it makes me wonder, would Malevich's black square have had the same impact now? Another art teacher said, if you study the arts, in inverted commas, you are also learning about science, math, and history of the world. So art is the one subject 
that requires mammoth understanding of all other subjects. It's not of itself, but of everything. So it means it encompasses everything, that art and artistic expression exists in everything that we do in our life. So the word mammoth is a, a good adjective to use when you want to describe something as being really, really big. Uh, in the last episode, I talked about using gigantic, and this one is even bigger, I think. The word mammoth is even bigger than gigantic. So for example, you could say it would take a mammoth amount of effort to climb Mount Everest. And when... When the teacher said that it's not of itself, but of everything, I think what they mean is that art is in everything that we do. The next teacher gave me a great saying. She said, earth without art is just uh. So in my art room, I have a sign that says, welcome to the creative heart of the school. And the word art is in capital letters, which is very creative, I think. So this teacher also said that often they start their lessons by asking students to imagine a world without the arts. That includes visual art, music and drama. And they think that it would be a pretty dull place. And I think she's right because art can be so many things around us that it would be hard to imagine a world without it. No buildings, no gardens, no dancing, no people. No people performing, no sculptures, and, well, no interesting discussions. I had an interesting conversation, speaking of conversations and discussions, I had an interesting conversation with a friend about a topic too. I asked her, what do you think makes something art? And she responded with this. Art is anything that is being created with the purpose or desire to result in something of meaning and or of beauty. And then I asked her the question, do you think that means graffiti is art if the maker intended it to be that way? Then they responded again. And she said this, yeah, anything. There's plenty of art that fits those parameters that I don't consider to be beautiful. But if they had the intention to make it meaningful for them when they created it, then who am I to judge? Ah, yes, this is a good expression. Who am I to judge? It means I don't think I'm in a position to decide what things are art and I'll just accept them as they are. And it was really interesting when I asked this question because I also asked another friend what she thought and she responded like this. I think it depends on how it makes you feel and if you can see effort, time and love put into it as opposed to someone just splattering paint on a canvas. I think there is a big difference between art and things created to provoke shock and create shock value that some people call art. So I wanted to end the podcast on this comment today because I wanted to show you that everyone has a different personal opinion. And that's why I love talking about art because it's so subjective, neither more right than the other. And it shouldn't really matter what someone says anyway. If you want to make art, then just do it. Just make art. So I'll leave on those words of wisdom for today and say that that's all for today. I hope it's given you some food for thought. I hope it makes you think about something you might be interested in. 
After you listen to this podcast, I'd love to know how you would answer the question, what makes something art? If that question is a little too hard or too general, I've also put a few images in the transcript and some discussion questions to help get you thinking. So use the discussion questions to start thinking about the picture. Very often, it's good to give a balanced opinion about something. So even if you don't like something, try and find at least one positive thing. For example, give one positive thing, one negative, and explain something that might be similar or that you might prefer if you don't like it. And that is what keeps the conversation going. It would be very boring to just say you don't like something just because. So the discussion questions will help you construct a balanced opinion. If you have some ideas and you want to practice your English, do not hesitate to send me your ideas and your responses to my email, info at arteonglay.com, and I'll do my best to respond to you as soon as I can. If any expressions or things didn't make sense to you, don't hesitate to send me an email to ask. Don't worry about making mistakes. That's what learning a language is all about, making mistakes. I make so many mistakes when I speak French all the time. But anyway, I'd be happy to give you further explanation. Also, feel free to practice speaking by sending me your message as an audio file. I'd absolutely love to hear it. Anyway, before I go, the topic for next week. Well, you may already know I've worked as a landscape architect. So for the past few years, I've mostly designed gardens. I love plants and gardens, and I've been doing lots of drawings of gardens most recently. I could probably talk about gardens and plants all day, but I will not do that because I'm sure not all of you are as obsessed with plants and gardens as me. So next week, I will talk about art and gardens such as in the garden, how a garden can be art, and the benefits of a garden no matter how big or small. And I'm going to talk about a particular garden which is very well known in New York and it's called the High Line. So we'll talk about that next week. So thank you again for your attention and for listening all the way to the end. Have a great day or evening or weekend or whatever's coming up where you're listening to this. Until next time, as we say in Australia, I'll catch you later. 